Orbiston. Played through by Stapleton. Here's Orbiston. Who rolls it past Grabala. And they produce some superb football here with Orbiston and Stapleton. Here's Orbiston again. Right foot shot. Brilliant! United fans applauding a splendid strike from the little Scottish fullback Arthur Orbiston. Surprisingly, took it onto his right foot and really let it go. Hello and welcome to another Manchester United podcast. I'm Helen Evans. I'm joined by my co-hosts as usual, Sam Homewood. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Sam. Oh, We're a bit guys. worried that people are starting to think he's actually called Simon now. We just call him that as a joke. Yeah, and you. David May. How are we? All good. Yeah, good. very good, thank you. All good. Good. Apart from we're all absolutely freezing. It's really we? cold. We're all so cold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, our guest today is someone we all know very well, mm-hmm. Arthur Albiston. I think he was actually the first pundit I had on when I did a first show on MUTV. And cool. I was really nervous and he said to me, it'll be all right. And he kept saying it <laughs> for years to come. And even now when I see him and I do a show with him, he said. It'll, It'll be all right. Be all right in the night. He yeah. is probably one of the most humble people. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. great. That he I would, that I know. Fella. Top fella. Um, great lad to be around. Some of the stories he tells, and you know, whenever we play uh, with the older lads, Arthur and Sammy and those guys, the stories they tell, they're just absolutely hilarious. And um, mm-hmm. he's a top fella. He mm-hmm. is a lovely fella. And mm-hmm. what a career! Like played with George Best and Bobby Cholton and mm-hmm. Dennis Law and uh, under Sir Alex Ferguson, and uh, so. He's, he 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 existed during a, a generation that everything happened at Manchester United. Although he wasn't like he wasn't there for the Busby era, but he was there for what followed. Yeah, and he wasn't really yeah. there for you know the the Sir Alex Ferguson era of Manchester United, but he was there for the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of got an insight into the some of the greatest moments in the club's history, if not the actual moments. Like you know he wasn't there when we won yeah. the treble, but he he experienced the start of what would become that and the end mm-hmm. of. The 68. I, did, I just think he's probably got a lot of insights. Mm-hmm. He will. Nice way he to will. put it, Sam. I like that. Yeah, I like I'm that glad you said that because I thought I made a complete mess of that. I knew exactly what you meant. I'm not sure everybody will know what <laughs> yeah. you mean, but I do. I get you. The longer it went on, the more I was boring. <laughs> yeah. It was boring. Yeah. No, Playing like, golf recently, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Arthur's a good golfer, by the way. Arthur is a very, very good golfer. I, I, Obviously, did not see him face to face when he was playing football, but he doesn't look like he's put on even an ounce of weight since that day. Do you know what I mean? Though he just still looks trim, like Dennis. She's looking at you, Maisie, and saying that. I don't know why. <laughs> Tasker's laughing. What's funny, man? I, 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 just, I, just, I just love the fact that she just like, just <laughs> boldly stares right at me. She doesn't even blink when she's saying it. What are you trying to insinuate? That, you know, I put on like maybe a couple of pounds or something like that. Come on. Spit it out. I want to know. What is it? We were what? having a conversation. That's why I was looking at you. Look at Sam. I don't even he know needs where a, I was going. He, he needs a good, good feed. <laughs> Maisie, I think you look like Sorry, a god. Sammy. It's all right. Thanks. Why did I say that? You were basically saying... Because um, she's being horrible. No. <laughs> she's calling me fat. That's you what it is. You said something about, about <laughs> Arthur. <laughs> No, I never said anything. I never said, said anything. You said he, you looks, said he, looks, he looks so you, fit. You said Arthur looks, looks like he hasn't looking. gained Somebody any weight. Somebody said something yes. to make me say that. Nobody, Nobody is, said anything. There's a demons you, in your head. You just stared at Maisie That's and said, what it is. Arthur's not gained any weight since no. he retired, yeah. David. And look straight at me. <laughs> Maisie, is, winter is coming. I think you're seasonably plump. You look great. Thanks. You're yeah. very welcome. Please put all this out. Listen, Absolutely. 
when yeah. when, when you become um, <laughs> when you become a dad, you, you know you have to become the father of Christmas. So Sam, oh, it's something to look forward to. Like I'm all joking. <laughs> do you know what I seen this morning? It was things to do in Manchester. They're now doing virtual Santas. You can see Santa over Zoom. And I was thinking, I need someone to get. And now you're thinking and of you me. And now mine. you're thinking of having me as Father Christmas. Helen, you're not getting yourself out of this Helen, one. You're, you're just making it worse. A bigger and bigger and bigger hole there. <laughs> Only because you just said it. I was like, thinking right. I get to do so that. So dial into Maisie, 24th oh. of December, Christmas Eve, so I can get all the kids in bed early. Hi, kids. Ho, ho, ho. Hello, kids. Father Christmas here. Have you all been good this year? Oh. Eli, stop getting up when early. I <laughs> have to get a beard now. No, don't put all that in. Oh, it's please. so funny. <laughs> no, because there was a reason I said that about Arthur. Somebody said about him being fit. I'm playing golf. That's where I was going. I was going with the fitness. <laughs> Helen, before you dig yourself a bigger hole, here's our chat with Arthur Alberston. Um, have you played up there? Yeah, years ago, yeah. yeah in that, stay on that side or travel a yeah, bit? Yeah, no, no, stay that side. Somebody's down the road. So we played Tur- Turnbury as well. Have you played Turnbury? Yeah. Welcome back to the Manchester United podcast, where once again, David May is talking about golf. <laughs> Arthur, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I, yeah, good. Yeah, thank good. you. How's, uh, how's the, the last sort of year been for you? Because it's been a very difficult time for everybody, hasn't it? Yeah, just like everybody else, strange, difficult, it's all new to us. you just got to get on with it and hope that we get out of it sooner rather than later. Are you, are you interested when Maisie talks about golf? Yeah. Of course Nothing. I'm, yeah. Maisie, take, take Arthur, advice. Arthur's a great player. No one else no, is ever no, interested when he talks about I it. I think yeah. one of the problems <laughs> is that, that we don't play golf, Sam. Yeah. So you, you yeah. don't get the buzz of it. We well, don't. don't understand a, it, yeah. It's different class. Love but it. if things change over the next few weeks, it might be our only form of exercise, so I might yeah. take it up. Yeah, I've yeah. been thinking about it, but then I broke my elbow, so I'd probably wait a bit. Yeah, that would be a good idea. Need that, probably don't mm-hmm. you forgot. Arthur, how has it been for you without football for the last few months? Because I know you're very much a football man. Difficult when you've been brought up with it and that's all you've done all your life, and then suddenly it's switched off. It's uh, very hard, you know, coming here and coming, coming here to Old Trafford and... and you know, even when the, there's matches been on, it's so so strange. It's just mm-hmm. like uh, watching the matches is just so different. You know, mm-hmm. the crowd obviously makes the games more interesting for everybody. So, like the players, they must be suffering as well. But uh, unfortunately, at the moment, you've just got to get on with it. If you're listening, and Arthur's just said, we're at Old Trafford, we are. We're sat in the international suite on some sort of lovely red sort of bar sofas. Is that what you'd call these? Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Posh seats. Yep. Yeah, it's raining outside. It's Warm enough in here, but not hot, is it? Really setting the scene here. Well, if you're listening, you might be interested <laughs> to know where we are. Um, Arthur, how have you found, as, as someone who's been so involved in football all your life, when it first returned, were you watching games with the fake sound atmosphere or did you go without it and, and listen to the players? No, no sound at all. Just completely on mute? Yeah, just, yeah. Why is that? It's just diff- well, it just doesn't sound right with a with sort of... False crowd there anyway. Maybe that's the way to do it. Then it doesn't sound right at all. And the games are. Could you imagine playing in these games now, Arth? They they look like practice games. They look like like practice games. To me, it looks like the referees aren't reffing it as they were. They're not getting surrounded, which they're probably delighted about. Every decision going, you know, the wrong way or whatever. But the players look, especially in the early games, they look reluctant to tackle. Uh, and it was just like Maisie just said, it was just like a uh, reserve for the first yeah. team game and, and I don't want to g- injure people. 
But even now, it just doesn't seem. You know, the, you watch international games. It's there's no. I think that I think because there's no crowd, there's no passion, there's no noise. Mm. Players react to that. Players react mm-hmm. to that. Even if you went not yeah. playing so well, and there's groans from the crowd, you react to that. Mm-hmm. You think I've got to do better. Very, very difficult for the players. But you, you know, you obviously there's points at stake. There's things at stake. There's Champions League mm-hmm. starting. You've got to get on with it and hope that this all gets behind us. As to former players, do you think psychologically it would have a big difference on on how you played the game? It's got. It has to do yeah. because when you're used to things, even everybody likes a pat in the back. And I'm not saying you get a pat in the back from the crowd, but you you can sense if you've done a good tackle or had a shot that's missed or gone over the bar. Get it's got the crowd going if you like. I also think it must be really difficult for players making their debut for clubs. We'll obviously see it a lot more after the, because the transfer window has closed now. But you've seen it in the international games, didn't you? Like that is must be such a proud moment for your parents and your family mm. and everything to go and. No one's there. No. It must be really, really difficult for, for people, yeah, especially making your debut at Old Trafford. Oh, you know, for the new yeah. signings coming in, it's yeah. an incredible moment, and it's just even if lost, you've got lads it? on the bench, if you're warming up in yeah. front of seventy five thousand, you know, you, you, you can get the buzz on you, the adrenaline going. Exactly, you think, oh, what got on there? Yeah. Oh, this is so different. I used to play here in the reserves with nobody here, and suddenly there's seventy five thousand mm-hmm. in the place. Uh, it's just it's difficult for the players, but thankfully they're hopefully here. They're going to get on with it and. Um, try and continue what they finished at the end of last season. I suppose also concepts like Fergie time were built around, like, or the crowd were almost willing the ball to go in for those mm. last 10 minutes because they, they become a, a part of mm. the game, don't they? Exactly. They're a big part of the game. Yeah. They're everything, really. Because every, the players feed off the crowd, whether they say they don't or they do, they be lying. They, they feed off the crowd and you feed off exactly what happens in some of the games we played in, they always used to say, like, make sure you you get a good tackle in early on or get mm. an attempt at goals or yeah. get the pre- go- goalkeeper under pressure. The, the opposition, up. now the opposition have got no no crowd to fear. Give the crowd something to look forward yeah. to. Right, uh, Arthur, let's go back to happier times. Uh, you were born in Edinburgh. Talk to us about siblings, family. What was childhood like for you? Childhood was great, really. Just all football. Older sister, older brother. They must have, especially my brother, he must have been told in summer school holidays, he's got to go with you. So <laughs> get, we're talking about golf off air a minute ago. So I went to play golf with my older brother's five years older than me and all his mates and I had to drag along with them. So they just gave me a club to hit all the way around. That was it, childhood. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's cold now coming in here, coming outside Old Trafford, pouring the rain. Should be used to it by now. And you think back to some of the snow and all sorts of rubbish. You went sledging in and everything. Nowadays, Christ, I'm freezing cold all the time. <laughs> that makes two of us. So you think that your sporting love came from an influence of your brother and sister, would you say? Or did that come from parents as well? Uh, my, it must be my brother. He must have been mm-hmm. been told that like, he's got to go with you all the time. So they used to play in a big game on a Sunday because they played school, school football mm. on a Saturday. And some of the guys that went to the local park played... Um, obviously for the youth clubs or whatever. So it was a big, big game. On Sunday was a big event at the park about half a mile away. There was two games. One was like for the older lads and one's for the younger ones. And if the older lads were short of players, some of the better players and the younger ones got asked to play in it. But you dwell on the ball, you get absolutely kicked <laughs> everywhere. So it made you like just get rid of it all the time until you got a bit bigger. What was your first team? Did you have a, a Sunday league team? or Yeah, local... Uh, a boys club in Edinburgh called Salves and Boys Club. Yeah, still uh, going, still going. Yeah, still mm-hmm. going. 
and played school football on the Saturday and then either them they used to be Saturday afternoon or Sunday so yeah. plenty of football at the weekends and and that was it yeah oh is a left back no no centre back centre back centre back as long as I had somebody tall next to me <laughs> I was sure you were going to say left winger that got yeah. brought back inside left if you like at primary school my last year the, 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 there was no school teacher to take the team nobody in charge of the team in my last year all my, all my mates I played with I always played a year up so all my mates went to secondary school and then our, our primary school team stopped because nobody take the team. Yeah. So uh, that last year was like no school football. But all my all my mates have started secondary. And towards the end of that season, I started going. They must have said, oh, I've got a, a lad that's going to start secondary next year. Can you come and oh, watch or join in and train and whatever? So that was, that was the last year of primary school, yeah. And then secondary, it's like all football. Yeah. What about then your journey back down to Old Trafford? Uh, played, How did that come about? Played schoolboy football and played for Edinburgh schoolboys against Gordon Strachan, a uh, different school, and then played with them at Edinburgh primary schools. Uh, got in that side and then um, we got sent for trials with Scotland and when I went to one of the trials, a United scout spoke to my dad after the game, would like him to come down on trial, Easter holidays if that's yeah. okay, and that was it really. They, they were the first club to ask me. Uh, once United asked me to come for a trial, did you support United as a kid or? Never really, I knew, obviously knew United. Yeah, yeah. Did you have a team in Scotland then? The, local, the, the nearest team to me was Hearts, right. but, but the better successful team was Hibs. Yeah. But uh, Hearts are the closest team to, to where I lived. Yeah. But Hibs were a team that were always in Europe and they were challenging Rangers and Celtic. Would you go and watch them as a kid as well? Yeah, well, yeah. but could only go in midweek games because we were always playing Saturday, on Saturday yeah. or Sunday. So Hibs were in Europe a lot, watched them play against uh, Leeds, watched them play against Liverpool. Seen um, Dino Zoff let five goals in for Napoli. He was 19, 20 years old. Hibs beat them 5-1. So things like that stick in your mind, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Used to go to big games in Glasgow now and again, Rangers, Rangers matches. Watched uh, Lou play for Celtic against Rangers in the cup final, 138,000 there. <laughs> yeah, but it was, all, it was all football all the time, really. Yeah. At what point did you start thinking, that could be me, I could be out there, I could make it, I could be a player? Uh, never really... Never really crossed my mind, to tell the truth. Just happy to play schoolboy football with my club team, Salveson. Go to Scotland matches, big games. Going to Hamden, you used to get a fantastic buzz because of the big crowds I got there at the time. Uh, but never thought until I got asked to come down here on trial. And then once United asked me to come on trial, Hearts, Hibs, Rangers, Crystal Palace, Huddersfield, teams down here, Started taking interest. Taking interest. Got yeah. come across a couple of letters, and uh, my mother still got actually Crystal Palace. But by that time, I'd, I'd come down here for a week, and Maisie talked about how big you know you're a United supporter. At the time, it was like down in England, it was like uh, Chelsea, Leeds, Liverpool were just emerging. Um, but United would just went over the sort of off the boil, if you like. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I knew Bobby Charlton by name, Bestie, um, Dennis, obviously playing for Scotland. So you knew how big United were, but I didn't realise how big they were as a club until I went down here. Did you travel down on your own when you came those Easter holidays? Came down Easter holidays, flew down. And the good thing, actually, looking back now, probably just helped United at the time, really, because I'm a bit of a stickler for, like, you can tell I'm, like, I was five minutes late today, that's got on my nerves. Um, <laughs> they, they said, you're coming down on trial, they sent an itinerary, what you're doing for the weekend. It wasn't all football, you're going to, like, you're going bowling. Not that I was interested in that anyway, but we're just sort of, you're going bowling, you're going to the pictures, you go to watch... United were playing Liverpool, uh, lost 2-0 here at Old Trafford. 
Um, I think we went to watch Preston or something like that. So that, there was a loads of things going on in the week, not only just sort of on trial and training at the cliff, but the, the, the letter with the, the flight tickets came and just as my mother was opening the letter and was sort of reading through it, just started reading it and the phone went and it was John Aston Senior to check that is everything okay, blah, blah, blah. So he spoke to my mother, obviously, rather than speak to me. So if the flight tickets arrive, you'll be picked up at the uh, airport by such and such. And so I was pretty gobsmacked, really, how, how interested and sort of itemised mm. everything mm. was. That, and when we came down, everything, well, everything went all right, really. It was, uh, as I say, apart from United getting beat against Liverpool at Old Trafford, everything must have went right at the cliff. And at the end of the week, John Aston said, I'm going to drive you home. Uh, you're not flying. Uh, what would speak to your parents? Uh, um, I'll discuss it when we get up there with your parents. How old were you when all this was happening? I was uh, 14 still, three months short of my 15th birthday. Pretty young, isn't it? How, how did so, everybody feel? Because I suppose that, like, that's a lot of um, excitement and expectation and to mm. an extent pressure because, like, yeah. a football club, and I, I mean, you've grown up in Scotland, so from England are sending plane tickets and it's Manchester United. And, mm. well, you can't, like, people must have been really excited about that. Well, Obviously, I was, but um, you, you don't. You're not going to sort of jumping from the rooftops, sort yeah. of uh, broadcasting it. My parents must have been excited. Of course, they must have been. My brother and sister must have been. But uh, I don't know. I, I I took upon it as when I came down on trial. Uh, they're allowing me to come. They're allowing me to travel away from home. So they must think I'm. Go, go, I've got half a brain in my head. I'm sensible enough. Obviously, I must be half decent at football. But um, I just thought it was like I don't want to let them down. I don't. I don't mm. want to sort of get you know yeah. once you've said like we want to offer you a two-year apprenticeship my, my father just said to him what do you think and I sat around my kitchen table and I said fine John Aston saying well what we is that a yes or a no and that was it <laughs> yeah yeah I'll come down in July and three months later I was down here what was it like moving so moving young. moving on going into digs honestly I was thinking about that the other day who was you with I, I lived uh, near Hope Hospital just off Eccles Old Road and I swear to God, once they asked me like to come on this, and I started thinking back, like he started. We uh, we moved into digs three of us, a lad from Carlisle, best player in the youth team, a lad from Sheffield, uh, three of us in the digs, we're all the same age, and we had to pay 50 pence to watch a black and white telly. <laughs> while while, while <laughs> the, the owners of the house were in the other room watching, watching, no. a, color, watching a color telly, <laughs> which had just colored, just come out three or four years before. Yeah. Three of us are paying 50 pence a week to watch a black and white telly. Honestly, it was like the Olympics are on and the golf's on, the open. God, like when you think back... It's quite a lot, it, isn't it? 50, 50 6.43 a week. 6.43 a week, so 50 pence, just almost 10% of your wages, three of us, to, to watch a black and white telly. And that went to your landlord? That went to them, yeah. yeah that That's class, isn't it? They knew what they were doing. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly, yeah. But that lasted six months. Um, but we're all watching the telly in the room and... One of the lads was lying with a cushion against the settee, sort of stretched out. And the guy of the house came in and saw that and said, oh, look at this, this is a disgrace, blah, 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 and <laughs> moved out. Kicked we moved out. out. We were out, uh, well, a couple of other things. We left a couple of papers lying on the floor. <laughs> but you were just, take, going back a little bit, when, when I came down, that's where I stayed. Um, it must have been vetted, obviously, the club. Yeah. Well, there was other players there as well, the older lad in the digs as well. Uh, he was from Edinburgh and he, had to, he left after a year. But the um, six months later, we're we're moving. You're moving, and it's like you've got to phone your mum and dad. Well, we're moving out there, digs, and they think, well, what have you done wrong? You know. But um, this woman was too house proud. Yeah. You know, I like being neat and tidy, but she had to. You had to take her shoes off at the door. Oh. 
You have to take your shoes off the it's door. All rules. It's all rules and regulations. So <laughs> I'd be up for those rules. From, from living in your own home, watching the telly yeah, how no, you want hard. and what. Three of us. Putting home sickness into the equation no, as well. No, that, that, yeah, well, I'd never really know. As I say, I had that in my mind that I've got to get a... See, the whole thing about the end was you got a two-year apprenticeship. And if you didn't get a pro contract when you were 17... It was like failure. For yeah, me, yeah, for me, that would be yeah. failure. I've got to go back home now. My parents have let me move away to try to become a footballer, basically. And I thought, I've got to get this. Everybody had it in their head. Like, I think we took 15 apprentices on and 13 of us got taken on. So it's a big... Massive. Yeah, yeah, they go right through a lot of players nowadays, all the younger ones. But um, I had it in my mind, I've got to get a contract, otherwise it's failure. So when I had to ring my parents to say I'm moving digs, they thought, Christ, what have we done wrong? You know, <laughs> and then... But this woman was too house proud. The food was f- fantastic. Everything was, everything was laid out the night before. It was all, you know, but you couldn't take anything. You couldn't take an apple, an orange or whatever. Once you had mm. your dinner, that was it. Sounds a bit stressful, doesn't it? So you're up at the shop up the road all the time buying sweets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you've no money left for your 50p TV. So now we'll go, after that, it was to some digs up the road for Salford, uh, sorry, in Salford at the cliff. Turn left out the, out the gate of the cliff, up the hill, yeah. third on the right. In there, and it was like uh, the woman said, We've made beans on toast for your team. I made it three hours ago and left it under the grill. Cats and dogs in there, jumping <laughs> about everywhere. But two older <laughs> lads in that were already older than us at United, two older lads. Arnie Sidebottom, who played cricket for uh, for England, and his, his, son, his son played cricket for England. Right. Uh, two older lads in there, three of us in there, so it's five of us in there. And then it was somewhere in Stratford, then Cholton. And then eventually the digs that I lived longest in in Selmour. So. so you actually lived in quite a lot of different digs then? That, well, it was more than that. That's five. That, that, that's, that's, yeah. that's the tip of the iceberg. So. <laughs> but eventually got in Selmour. And if I, could, if I could have got in there at the beginning when I was... You would have settled better probably. Uh, yeah, the woman had two... Um, the owners of the house had two daughters. One of them got married. One of the other lads that I'd lived with at the first digs was already in there. And he sort of recommended me if you like yeah. I don't know so I got in there once one of the girls got married I got in there if I could have got in there at the beginning that would have been fantastic mm. you, you you wonder how different it would have been for the, my mate who mm. had to go to America to make a career really because he got injured so but they were they were fantastic she she had two daughters so she didn't have to cook anything she didn't cook sweet things which two lads come back for training absolutely starving and just eat everything mm. So she was baking all the time. When you first said she had two daughters, I and you thought got you were going to say you married one. Yeah, yeah I thought yeah. you were saying you got recommended to the no. daughter, not no, no, recommended no. for the room because the <laughs> other ones got married. No. I thought you were going to say yeah. that too. One daughter got married, and I married the other. I one. was recommended to the other one. <laughs> <laughs> no, she had she had two daughters who obviously watched her figure, uh, obviously, and didn't want to eat any sweet things. You know, she's got two lads in there who who'll eat any anything. Yeah, yeah. Eat house and home. Were you having to do a lot of schooling or anything at this point? No, absolutely zero, which is. Absolutely crazy. School of life, school of life, Arthur. Didn't learn anything at school anyway, really, other than how to play football, I suppose. <laughs> but um, at school, uh, like maths, uh, geography, that was it. English, mm, struggling. History, forget it. Geography, all right. Maths, okay. That was it. Oh, I'm the same. And then we came down here and uh, I, think, I think some lads pursued it through their parents to do different things, to, to go to colleges and whatever you, but yeah. it wasn't sort of, the club didn't say you had to go, you know, so, but yeah, it's stupid when you look back at it, but there you go, that's... It worked out all right, didn't it? Yeah. I can't complain, yeah. <laughs> when you were a trainee here, or an apprentice, what other players came through with you at that time? Jimmy Nick, Northern Ireland, uh, Dave McCreary, 
the lad I lived in Diggs where played only two games in the first team, came on as a sub in two FA Cup games. Jimmy Kelly, he was he was the star of the youth team, sort of a smaller Glenn Hoddle, if you like. Uh, he went to America but played three or four hundred games over there, got married mm. and what have you. But um so Jimmy Jimmy Nickel, Dave McCreary really the same same age. Mm-hmm. And are they the two that you kind of befriended the most? Yeah, obviously the older lads, uh the older ones sort of must have looked after us in a certain way. Sammy McElroy's got the <laughs> he introduced us to going out when you got a bit older, put it that way. So he's, I think he's Jimmy Nichols still a bit of a party animal. I heard that actually oh, the other right, day. Exactly. Yeah. So what Sammy is as well on the quiet. Mm. No, Jimmy's a great, great company. Oh, Absolutely fantastic. Guy. So so funny. Yeah, it's good. You could keep in touch with them, mm-hmm. Jimmy. It's, uh, it's, they didn't come though, because Scottish schools break up earlier than England and Northern Ireland. I was here before them, right. so I had to do all the buffing the floors, sweeping the dressing rooms, yeah. and then buffing that thing that was round and round. And Jesus. <laughs> Nicking, nicking them turned up three weeks later. Who did you clean boots for? I can't say have a particularly, person, I can't yeah. even remember. But uh, basically, everybody mucked in together. Mm-hmm. And to get to Salford, it was like a minibus here from Old Trafford, or buses. I remember once uh, Paddy's in charge of the youth team, so uh, Paddy's obviously not the most organised anyway, but he was a stickler for sort of things. And I remember we had to get two buses to get back to the cliff to clean one pair of boots that one of the lads had missed out on. One pair one pair wasn't clean, so bus from Stretford into town, I was in Stretford at the time, bus to the cliff, follow your steps back and get back, and that took about three or four hours. Just to clean one pair of boots? Just to, to clean one pair of boots, yeah. And that was Paddy's instruction? Correct. Wow. Who, who else were the senior pros then, then, in the, the first team? First team, the first team uh, in 72, uh, when I first came, Bestie was still, started, yeah. he, he packed in and come back and started playing again. Uh, Tommy Dock was a manager. Uh, so in the first team was Bestie, Martin Buckin, Willie Morgan, Lou came at Christmas time, big Alex and yeah. Rose. What was it like with those in the dressing room? Like anything, later on, you don't, you don't, they, you look at these players and you saw Bobby Charlton getting his car and Dennis Law getting, yeah. his, and I'm th- getting his car and I'm th- going home from training and I'm thinking, Christ, I've watched him at Hamden six months ago against England, you know, and, Bobby Charlton, World Cup hero. You, you just, you just, it was just part of the, you just got yeah. on with it really because yeah. we were more con- concentrating on your, your own job. training. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, and, and make sure all the jobs were done and we were training uh, usually morning and afternoon and you just got football all the time. Mm. You just wanted football all the time, yeah. But you didn't, you didn't think, it wasn't until you get a bit older and you start to realise getting in the, getting the, the odd sort of, well, training session to start with. Yeah. How do you train with the first team? It wasn't until we came back from a tour Summer of '75, which involved uh, 14 matches going right around the world, 10 different countries, and have a week off at the end of it, and then start pre-season. <laughs> Can you see them putting up with that nowadays? Can't. Uh, but great sort of upbringing for you, Jimmy Nick and Dave McCreary on the trip. That would have been a great we, trip. We though, wouldn't have it? been on it. Oh, you weren't on it. No, we wouldn't have been on it unless because there were so many international yeah. games, and a lot of players mm. couldn't turn up till a bit later on. But yeah. we wouldn't have been on it otherwise because we're short of players at the start. In fact, in, in Bangkok, Tommy Dock had to come on as a sub. 120,000 at the game and got sent off. What? <laughs> you know, what? Nowadays, it's, you know, everything's got to be exactly right, where you're going, what yeah. time you're back. But we got back and had a week, a week off and then back training. But the good thing from it was myself, Jimmy and Dave McCreary, when we came back, we were now in the first team dressing room to get changed. Right. And my mate, who I spoke about before, Jimmy, he uh, he was over in America, sort of getting fitter because he had a cartilage operation. Yeah. 
So when he came back from uh, America about August for the start of our season, he must have looked at us and thought, Christ, they've they've moved into the first team dressing and they all look mm. sort of dead confident now because we're mixing with Lou yeah. and Big Al and Martin Buckingham and people like that. You don't feel as sort of uptight about it when mm. you even just going out training. How old were you then when you made 75, that 75, that was, uh, I was 17 then. And we got, obviously, played in a lot of these games. We played against the famous Ajax team that uh, won the European Cup three mm-hmm. times. Cruyff had just moved to Barcelona, mm-hmm. but they still had the nucleus, Johnny Rep and Neskins and all that team. So for 17-year-olds to get games like that at that time was, you know, yes. priceless, really. Who were you on the back heels of trying to get their position? Who was holding that position down at that time when you in the first in? team, when I first came, Tony Dunn was left back. Obviously, I was only in the B team then, A team, B team. So I wasn't, look, I wasn't looking to take the position. I was just concentrating on what you're doing, A team, B team, then reserves. So it would have been Alec Forsyth who played right or left back and then Stuart Houston who played uh, left back. Right. So you made your debut against Man City? Made a debut against Man City, mm-hmm. yeah. And you were, were you 17 then? I was 17. It was mm-hmm. uh, October the 9th, three, three, or two, three or four days ago, 1974. I was say. Wow. What was that like? Did you, did you know in advance you were going to play or was it just sprung on you in the dressing room? No, I was, I was actually in Scotland uh, hoping to play for Scotland youth team or going on trials for Scotland youth team. And then I got called, I got a phone call to say I've got to go back, come back. And I was a bit gutted really because, you know, you, the Scots lads, had, you see them, we played with them in under 15, some of them, and some of them progressed to the under 18s. And I think this was a, still trial games, I think. So I was disappointed having to, having to miss that. So came back down on the train and um, Tommy Dockett said, you'll be in the first team squad. I didn't say you're playing, you'll be in the first team squad. Then we turned up at, here at Old Trafford. Uh, pre-match meal was Davy Hume Golf Club. That's the club used to use at the time. Didn't have all the facilities here around like that. Um, I got back to back to the ground. He just said you'll be playing. So, <laughs> when you've just got to get on with it. That's that. That's what you're there. That was what I was here for to to try to get a contract. A couple months prior to that, I got the everybody. Well, most of the lads, Jimmy and David McCreary, got the contract to sign once you when you were 17. So that was a big thing to get. Once you got over that hurdle, you could then start thinking about. I've already played some reserve team games, so can I make progress and and try and get more reserve team games? Never thinking about getting in the first team or anything like that. So mm. obviously Stuart uh, Stuart Houston got injured and played against City here. Wow, that was the League Cup. That was the League Cup tie. We mm. were in the second division then. How'd you go on? We won one nil Jerry Daly penalty. So we won that, and then a week later I play uh, win bonus. Win bonus. <laughs> not really interesting all that. Honestly, not really. You couldn't care. Just no, just wanted to play. play yeah. yeah. A week later, another midweek game. Missed, didn't play on the Saturday. Stuart was fit. Then I think he got injured again. And I played uh, away at Portsmouth, uh, league debut a week later, October 74. Mm. And played a couple of games that season. Funny enough, I was talking to Big Alex about that. Alex Stepney, he was in goals. We played all of them at Boundary Park on Boxing Day. And uh, obviously, Mike Martin was out injured. Stuart Houston was out injured. So they needed a big squad. So I, I was playing. Jimmy Nick might have been playing as well. Anyway, they... Uh, they scored, the centre fall for them, can't remember his name, scored a header in, hits the stanchion, which was shaped like curly in yeah, the top yeah, corner, yeah. hits the stanchion, comes, comes out, out, play on, Big Al was just getting on with it, so we <laughs> cut the ball and threw it out, and then it, we signed a photograph for a guy last season, Alex signed it and I signed it, and it's the photograph, and the ball's no. like yard over the line, <laughs> hit the stanchion. So that was at Boundary Park, uh, that was Boxing Day 74, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Obviously, I've played three games that season. When did you... Sorry, Sam. I was just going to say, Alex uh, recommended that we get you on the podcast and we spoke to him. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. we. Uh, I think Helen asked him who would be a great guest, uh, maybe from your playing days, who'd have so, some really good stories. And without hesitation, your name came up. I left a little down 12.5%, down 10% then. <laughs> <laughs> when did you start to really establish yourself into that position in the first team then? Uh, that season... That was 74-5. They won the second division, came came back up, obviously. They played twice that season, like three times maybe. So we go away pre-season again. Um, and then you're thinking, because you've played in it, you, you get a taste for it. And you think, mm. at the beginning of the season, Jimmy Nick started in the first team. So being the same age, you think, oh Christ, I hope I'll get a chance. But you don't wish the people to get injured. That's the thing. You don't, you don't, you wouldn't wish it on anybody. No. You want to get in the team because you they think you're and good you're enough, merit, basically. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was the first season back in the... After going down, come back up, they were top of the league, flying fast forward into the end of the season. Should have won the league that year. Should have won the league. Had a great chance to win it, but got to the cup final against Southampton, so got a little bit sidetracked. And uh, Jimmy Greenoff scored the only goal for Stoke here at the Stretford end with four games to go. Had we won that game, probably went on to win it. Yeah. But because we lost it and Liverpool won, I think, so that was the gap getting bigger. The last three or four games, myself and Dave McCreary got a, a couple of games in. Right. Uh, and you played in the FA Cup final, right? Played at the end of the season in that FA Cup final, yeah. Which that must have been like a like a dream come true, I guess. No, it's total opposite for me. Oh, I, really? No, I uh, wasn't all euphoric or anything like that. Mm-hmm. No, Stuart Houston broke his ankle. So yeah. three weeks before the game down at Bristol City, I wouldn't have been playing. Right. Um, hadn't played a cup game. Is it right you, you offered him your medal? I did, yeah. I, I felt a bit uncomfortable about the whole sort of situation and being slung in front of the press and... It's just, just all, all new when you're, when you're a bit yeah. younger, it's having to do, you've got to watch what you're saying because I thought, I'm going to get slaughtered here. Whatever I say is going to be right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Lou's going to slaughter us, rip us to shreds. And I remember seeing a headline in the paper. All I wanted to do was play well enough or just as good as Stuart. Yeah. And there was a headline in the back page of the Manchester Evening News, I'll get Stuart a medal. I thought, that, that doesn't come, that, that doesn't look right, you know. But um, I, I, I can't say I was looking forward to playing, honestly. Because I, I hadn't played a cup game. It was just, I felt a bit embarrassed. Maisie, can you relate to that? Because I mean, I, I'm obviously not a professional athlete, nor I've ever been one. But in my head, I'd be like, yeah, I'd be really upset that someone I worked with and trained with and like yeah. had broken their ankle. But I'd, I'd see that as an opportunity for me. And I'd, I'd be excited about it. And, and it, like, I, I'd, totally selfishly, I'd be thinking wow, I can play an FA Cup, I can get a medal. I wouldn't, <laughs> like, I'd think this is great for me and like, yeah, that's bad for you, but now this is my chance, this is my moment, this is what I've been doing it for. I think it's a level of humility that I've genuinely shocked exists in a professional athlete. I, I would say there's more people of your thinking, Sam, than yours, Arthur, would you? I'd be exactly say? the same as Arthur. If somebody yeah, if felt you, comfortable. If, would you? if your teammates just got injured and just yeah. broke his ankle, then... Yes. So, much, so much as it's an opportunity for you to you mm-hmm. know, play in a cup final, would you want to be in that cup final just because of that? Yeah. You know, your teammates broke his ankle. He's, he's not even going to, I don't even mind, I've even been at the game. But the fact that you've seen one of your mates go through that. Yeah. I'm, I'm similar I, to Arthur. I played in the game down at Bristol City when he broke his ankle. Yeah. Obviously, Maisie's played in games where somebody's done bad yeah. injury. You feel so uncomfortable and you hear a crack. Horrible. Uh, he had to get, he had to get obviously stretched off. Yeah, I played in the David Bus one here. Oh, I remember watching that. that, that yeah, that, that still gives you. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. horrible. So yeah, I don't know. It's just the way. 
Well, no, it makes sense because actually listening to Major talk about it just then is when I'm talking about it, it's hypothetical. So the person who has hypothetically got injured doesn't yeah, exist. Don't know them, yeah, whereas yeah. you yeah. actually know the person who's had something terrible happen mm. to them. I suppose that yeah. that changes it. But I, I still think it's it's amazing that that's how you felt. Well, yeah, no, that's, that's just the way it was. Playing the game was difficult enough. Everybody felt terrible for him. And Tommy Doc told me a couple of days later, you'll be playing the final. I said, all right, fine. You know, it just it didn't <laughs> didn't feel... They could have played Alec Forsyth, could have switched him over, could have played shuffled the team around, made, made him put another more experienced player in. But um, it showed that he had faith in me anyway. But I, I can't say that... Uh, sort of look forward to the build-up to it like you get yeah. to cup finals later on and you're, you've got the build-up you're, you're in the team on merit and what have you uh getting suits and talking about tickets for the game and all sorts it's all sort of went over my head really it's i just felt sorry for stuart who watched the game on crutches basically yeah well what was your relationship with the dot like just like everybody all right you just happy you happy go lucky yeah. you, 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 with the young lads as i say he was he was great with us he, he, he put some young lads in mm. the side when he didn't have to really and yeah. obviously he knew managing this club it was synonymous with the club is trying to get sort of players from the youth team if they're good enough through into the first team yeah. and it was a, a, a great turnaround of players over that sort of period in the second division they had you've got Gordon Hill coming here Stevie Coppo coming from like low divisions in, mm. in the United team in the England team and probably for Tommy Dock it was a, a difficult job to take over at the time because the breakup of the 68 team was always going to happen and yeah. it happened and it probably escalated with having so many players mm -hmm. sort of having to pack in really or getting old at the, at the same time. So, but there's a whirl round of players and he signed a lot of Scottish players. There was, I think one might have been Lou's debut here. There was eight Scotsmen in the team. Wow. So it, Lou, Lou came December or January 72, 73 rather, 73. So Tommy, Tommy obviously... As I say, I can't, I can't really fault him for that. No. He, he didn't have to play me in the, in the games that, uh, that he played me in some big games as well. So, uh, but there's never, a, never a dull moment. I can, I can never ever remember going out on a training field and not enjoying it. Even mm. training, you've got to go through all the sort of weather you're training all, yeah. all year, uh, and it was just all quick fire all the time. No coaching theory like we've got later on with Dave Sexton or things like that. Yeah. Nothing. We're better than them. Let's get out and beat them. Pass it to pass it. Was he gutted then when he when he got the sack and left? Well, that happened after the cup final, and yeah. obviously, obviously, his his relationship must have been going on yeah. uh, at, the, at the time um, prior to that. We knew nothing about it, obviously. So again, uh, Laurie Brown, the physio, who but we'd obviously met and had to get treatment off. Mm -hmm. uh, he's at the club, uh, and his wife's gone, and Tommy Doc's gone with his wife, and probably Tommy thought it's a good time to make it public because yeah. we just won the cup and uh, when we got back for pre-season uh, he was already gone strange strange it's time fine, really yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, and then Dave Sexton came in and, and he was totally different as I say he was a real coaching tactician yeah, yeah a real tactician and unfortunately probably that went against him his, his demeanour because here at United they want the supporters want to read stories or about something about United. It doesn't matter yeah. if somebody's crashed a car, who's fit, who's not. Yeah. You've got to get something about United. United fans want to read about United. Mm. But Dave was a bit of an introvert, really. A lovely guy. Oh, a smashing, couldn't meet a nicer guy. Even thinking about just going to his funeral, it's just like you, you start getting a little bit... Yeah, some of the players for QPR there from Arsenal, where he coached when he was younger... And it just shows you, and a lot, lot of us, us are there, Gordon, Big Joe yeah. Jordan, 
Martin, Lou, Stuart Houston. Oh, it's uh, a, a real, a real gentleman. Mm. You mentioned those players, and he actually did sign a lot of those players as well. But what was the feeling like in the the dressing room, knowing these big signings, marquee signings, were coming in? Well, being being a young lad, I, I, I didn't really, you know, you expected United to be sort of attached to players and speculation all yeah. the time about them signing players. So nothing. And I think even the first team players, like like Martin Bucking and Lou and Alex Stepney, would have probably just just normal for them that we're going to be connected mm -hmm. with sort of players all the time really I also want to ask you one more thing because while it's on my mind you mentioned training there I bet out of everybody you were a really really thorough trainer I can just imagine um, Arthur well, were you top of the pack every time I wouldn't necessarily say that but what I'd, what I'd say was to play here on a Saturday and a Wednesday, you've got to, you've got to put the hours in. You can't just which I, which I did later on in my career. And I mm -hmm. probably speak about that later. You can't you can't not train and go out and play. No, I'll, but you I'll, can be at the back. Oh, you can be, or at, the you can back. be at the front. Yeah. Well, I, I like cross country. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she always used to say you were at the back. <laughs> I had gigs of Bex and those lads in front of me. They were like that's what I'm saying. I, no, Arthur, I, I, like, I bet I like was at cross country running. I, I did sprinting at school, but I like cross country running. I could do that all day long. I, I, I can't do it now because I've got a, a, a cartilage at my No, but knee. you came in here earlier and you said you've just been, you've well, you've not just been cycling, but that's what you've been doing over the last cycling few months. And so you still like to keep yourself. I wish I could go running, but I can't. I tried it. I tried it and knees too, my, my knee mm. puffs up. If I play too much golf, my knee puffs up. So, oh Maisie, the next time I play with Maisie, I might get another shot or two. <laughs> I don't know. I hope that doesn't happen to Maisie. <laughs> no, uh, but cross-country running, loved all that. Pre-season, loved it. Loved all that, because you're going to get really? fit. Yeah, you, yeah, you've got to, you're going to get fit. <laughs> Everybody comes in dreading it's it. It's like oh. chalk and cheese here. Yeah. I hated pre-season. I just hated the running. It was oh, great I to get, it. I mean... That's I, what I mean, though. I can imagine I always, Arthur yeah, loving it. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I used to enjoy coming back pre-season, because you're back with the lads and having the crack again. You just wanted the yeah. banter but, in the um, changing room. No, the, the running. I enjoyed it to a certain point, but you know, training in the afternoons I found so difficult because you've been you've had your legs run off you in the morning, mm. and then you've got to go again. Yeah, absolutely. Was it the same sort all. of setup whenever Tommy Doc and Dave Sexton were in charge? Was it a short kind of morning at training, and then you go home, or was it double days? What what was it back then? Morning and afternoon for so every day. Set time. Then we used to go away playing preseason games. We played. Uh, we stayed in a place in uh, north of Copenhagen. Fantastic. Three three or four consecutive summers we went there. And I think the Danish national team sort of used it just outside Copenhagen. Played played games in Denmark, Norway, Sweden, and back there to the base to get fit. And with Dave, under Dave Sexton, we still went there, but we, we went to a place in uh, Hennef in Germany. I don't know where about in Germany it was, but we used to go off and, on, and play games. It was a, They're all drivable, play pre-season friendly games, come back to this yeah. Hennef. Uh, it was like a, it was like something like out the nineteen thirties sort of Olympic Olympic swimming pool, all uh, in the middle of the forest. Uh, but fantastic! I, I, I loved all that. I'd, I'd rather do that. I was a bit older then, obviously, and you've got kids and whatever. You want to get mm -hmm. away and, and you can get your head right and get get fit. But mm -hmm. I used to, I used to look forward to preseason training. But everybody, used, most of them, used to come in, dreading it. Yeah. But what about on a day to day basis? Not preseason, but other times. Was it very much the same sort of setup in terms of what? Come in at what time? Ten, nine, ten o'clock. Do your training and then go home. Yeah, well, I wasn't double days normal well, during well, the season. Once or? you got to sort of, once the season got started, basically, once yeah. you get in August or September, you're playing two games a week. They're keeping you fit anyway. And the yeah. training 
comes down a bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't mind. Uh, I do. I used to do extra training. I used to do it at home, especially going before international games. You just, you know, just do a lot of, yeah. You know, it's just the way you. Ellen feel. just touched on a few. Uh, Dave Sexton making a few signings. Like Gary Bailey, Watts, uh, Wilkins, uh, Big Joe, and Big Gordon as well. What were they like as characters? Gary, Gary's a confident lad, and being a goalkeeper, you want a, you want mm. your goalkeeper to be vocal and confident, and he was very confident, and he got in the team sort of a very young age, and only got in because I think uh, Paddy Roach, uh, or no, no, sorry, the the, tra- the game before he where, he where he played his first game, I think his knee locked at the cliff, right? That's to carry him off. His knee had locked, they managed to free it, and he played it the weekend. And Gary, it's a hardest position to play. Yeah. In the team, really, goalkeeper, you're in a hiding or nothing. Mm-hmm. But to be a young lad and get in the team and keep your place, yeah, done ever so well on that, and then suffer for injuries later on in his career. Yeah. Big Joe, uh, Ray, Ray Wilkins came, you mentioned. Yeah, George uh, Allen. Joe, Big, Big Gordon. Gordon yeah. two, two characters and two lads I'd watched playing for Scotland and uh, they'd left a big club in Leeds to come over here. Yeah. Sort of chalk and cheese, absolutely totally different. Gordon, vocal, confident. Hang, hang, just hang it on the penalty spot for me, letting everybody know I'm coming up for a. Just hang it on the penalty spot, uh, and Joe, Joe, quieter, yeah. methodical, fit, yeah, fit. That's why he's went over to Italy and played over there and, and learnt the language. You know, two, two, two big pals, but op- hmm. opposite of each other really. And Ray, Ray was a lovely guy, yeah, absolute yeah. diamond. Hmm. I'm gonna go back to that FA Cup final because I might be wrong. So I'm going to put that out there straight away. But I'm right. I just might be wrong about time. So after beating Liverpool in the FA Cup final was the Community Shield or Charity Shield. Charity Shield, yeah. yeah. And you drew it, right? Drew no score. That's weird, isn't it? What was that like? Because it, it would, that would never happen now. Just go straight to penalties. Good game, actually. Pouring the rain. Total opposite of the final. Pouring the rain. Great to play on. Nice and wet. Yeah. And you're not getting absolutely knackered. Sort yeah. of, uh, no score. I think that was Douglas's. Uh, first match for, for, for Liverpool, first competitive game. Drew no score and could have won it. Could have went either way. Drew no score and that was it. And two team photographs together, everybody mixed in. It's just different. It wouldn't happen now, but yeah. there you go. They want, they want a sort of conclusion, don't they, for TV. But uh, yeah, no, no. Would, would you have got a medal for that then? Yeah. So yeah. What, it's weird, what isn't it? Been? It's Cause weird. Because obviously the, I, I, I played in three and I've got a losers, winners, winners. But what I'm sure it says winners on it. to check that. I'm sure it says winners on it. I suppose you didn't lose so it. The, so the Scousers will have got. They must have just got. They must have just handed them out like. Right. I, 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 in fact, I don't. Yeah. It must, yeah. It must have done. Must. Yeah, strange that. Because yeah, there's nobody put look, the, the cup final. Yeah, they can't have cup final one. Twenty-four. Yeah. Twenty-four winners are. Or maybe there. Maybe it just says what was it? Nineteen seventy-seven. Possibly it might have just charity shield. I'm sure. That, I'm sure the the plaque that we got has got winners on yeah. it. Yeah. So whether no, they no. just get, yeah. yeah, and maybe they just had to get another load done as well, or getting or give out the losers one to them. But funny enough, that reminds me of the cup final. I, I ended up with a with a losers medal against Liverpool. I had what? to swap it with Steve Highway. How did that happen? Just I don't know. I don't know who I was giving them out. <laughs> was it the Queen? Up. It was a Duchess of Kent, is it or some yeah. whatever? Had got the wrong wrong medal. Had to go into Liverpool. Somebody had to go into Liverpool dressing room and change yeah. it. Yeah, because they've obviously got a winners one. Was that awkward walking in there going, guys, yeah, I've got sorry. a losers medal for one of you, Which one of you has got my medal? Yeah. Swap, we're not trying to rub it in, but could you swap this, please? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Norman Davies, it would have been. Kipman, yeah. he, he, he went in and changed it, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Do you, are you somebody who's into memorabilia? Or your medals, shirts? No, I've got a load of strips up in the loft that have uh, been lying up there forever. 
one of my lads when he went training at school had been in the loft looking for something, came down with a Juventus strip, wore it to go school training, <laughs> get that off. <laughs> Who's was that? Got it washed, the oldest lad, get it off. No, no, whose shirt? Oh, uh, I can't remember, it was his right, uh, the right winger for Juventus. Um, <laughs> oh, I can't remember. Number seven, yeah. So they were playing dress up and you're thinking, nope. No, no, that's, put it back. Also, just for one thing that we talked about ages ago, I'm assuming that uh, Stuart didn't take your medal if you offered it after the cup final. No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you knew him, he wouldn't have done. But as I say, I felt a bit uncomfortable at all. Yeah, sure. And he played in every every cup game. I hadn't played any. You, the first cup game you play in the final and you get a medal for winning it. Mm-hmm. But I was surrounded by fantastic players around me. And he, he, he obviously refused to take. He scored against Aston Villa here in the sixth round to to put it back to 1-0. And I think Lou got the winner 2-1. So he played a big part getting us there. He played a big part the year before against Southampton. And we lost in the final, unfortunately. So he's missed out on that, which we were red-hot favourites for. And then missed out again. Yeah. What year were your kids born and did they go to any finals? Oh, they you? went. They went later on. Yeah, uh, the eldest lad was born in um, 1980, 19th of March, 1980. And the first game after he was born, we played City here and beat them one 0 with a Mickey Thomas goal. His, his lads a similar age. Right. His, he he just had a new baby as well. The younger one was born in uh, February '83. Mm-hmm. So they'd been. Uh, uh, the oldest lad uh, went to the '85 Cup final. Uh, sat with uh, we've got a photograph on the train coming back with John Goodman's lad and Gordon Strachan's eldest lad with the cup and then my my second lad who's born in 1983 he would have been at the he would have been at the I went was in Scotland at the time playing football for, uh, later on in my career we went down to the Crystal Palace cup final mm-hmm. the first game 3-3 mm-hmm. so but they've been at the further final Liverpool would beat them 1-0 amazing yeah. playing and you don't really get a sense of, I enjoy day games more Enjoy going to watch the cup finals more than really. Play. Oh yeah. Oh, well you're a supporter there, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So, so you mentioned '83. So in 1983, obviously Ron Atkinson is in charge, and you won the FA Cup again. Yeah, we drew two-two with Brighton on the Saturday. Poured were in. God Smith had that chance, and Gary Bailey saved it with his backside in the last minute. And then the midweek game was four-nil, three-nil up at half time, so you can go out and enjoy it and mm-hmm. relax a bit. What was Big Ron like as a manager? What was he like when he first came in? Big Ron, in? Uh, you've obviously met him. Mm-hmm. Uh, always have met him. And he's exactly what he is. He's, he's, he's got a memory. They can remember matches, incidents, and so from games you, though, 10 years Arthur? ago. Pardon? I think you've got a great memory. No, it's beginning to go now. <laughs> yeah, you'll get there. You'll get there later. Another 30-odd years, you might. Uh, you do. You're always really good with dates and... yeah. I've yeah. Directions. Used you do be. remember. A lot yeah, of not things. as good. Not as good as a. But Ron. Ron's. Uh, how old is he now? He must be getting up for eighty. I think yeah. he had his eightieth last year. I think. He's got a tremendous memory for mm-hmm. incidents and matches and things like that. Um, and all the sort of when we were. Uh, well, you, you're obviously a bit younger than me, but seeing seeing him what he is now and seeing him what he was like when he was a manager, um, he had this sort of champagne image and sort of gold everywhere and. All fucked. All uh, <laughs> yeah, champagne. Some beds, yeah. true actually, but champagne and all that. No, I've never, never seen him uh, have a. I've seen him drink, but not drunk. Yeah, I always think like if I've ever had, you know, yourself and Ron in the studio from presenting a match day. Like when you actually think about that, that's your ex-manager. Do you still think of it that way whenever you see hmm. him on match days? Yeah. Did Did you yeah. think of it like that? Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. 
Yeah, you just look, that never look. goes away. That feeling of being well, a gaffer. You feel a bit. Well, yeah. What do you call him? <laughs> you just, just gaffer say, boss. Yeah, what would you call him? Gaffer. Still, yeah, no, it's, uh, no way. What do you call him, boss? Then gaffer. You probably uh, just don't uh, say uh, any name. When when it first. When, yeah, when I first bumped into him after sort of when I stopped playing because yeah. I signed for West Brom, yeah. he was a manager. So after that, you, it was like gaffer, you know, it's, uh, but it's Ron now. And right. So you, you don't feel as, you feel uncomfortable. You, yeah. know, you wouldn't say, no. you wouldn't say Alex. To Sir Alex. The gaffer's golf day. And then he retired that year and he's having his golf day and he was coming around on the buggy. On, on the buggy and he said to us, gaffer, how are you? He went, it's Alex now. Mm. I went, no, it's not. Nah. <laughs> You'll always be gaffer. Always. And even now, as you say, it's, I don't I, think it's a, is it a respect thing. I don't know. It's just. It is, yeah. I, th- I, I played. A bit of respect. I and, played a couple of years on, uh, under Sir Alex. Yeah. And when you, when you leave and then you come back, you, you yeah. obviously. Uh, but when you, when, you, when you leave and then meet him again, you feel. You, say, you just say Still, gaffer. Yeah. Absolutely. But then, then you just feel, should I call him Alec or Mr. Ferguson? Or, mm. And you're thinking, you won't want me to call him Mr. Ferguson. No. So, <laughs> so, you know, it's just, yeah. you just, no, Strange, no, you yeah. just feel a bit uncut. Yeah, you, yeah. So, so it's, but now it's like years ago, so you, you feel yeah. as if you can say, you're an, I'm an adult myself, you say, Alex. Yeah. But Ron, yeah, I understand what you're saying. It took me a while to say that, but yeah. it's no, no problem now, yeah. What was it like playing under Ron? Did you enjoy that experience? Uh, his first the funny I was talking to somebody about this last last week uh, his first season here was the best season I had at the club full stop personally yeah and, mm-hmm. and I, I probably I don't like talking about myself but um, I, 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 Jimmy Nick had left Sammy had left and I thought you better get the cases out the loft we'll be going uh, he, he doesn't fancy me so I felt again going back to being on trial and when I was an apprentice mm-hmm. and what have you you're you're on trial. I felt on trial. Although I played a couple of hundred first team games, I thought, I'm, no, there's a, going to be a big turnaround here, and I'm going to be one of them that's moving. But that season, I hardly put a foot wrong, mm-hmm. and I'd be the first to criticise myself. I yeah. played crap, played crap that game. I can remember that game. Everything I did I was hitting, but I'm thinking, well, this could go anywhere. Boom! It's going straight to Frank Stapleton's head. Christ! How did that? <laughs> how, how did that? Didn't, didn't mean it to go like that, but it's went straight to his head, and he's headed in. Christ! <laughs> no, everything, everything. That first season, I felt as if I had something to prove to him as a manager, mm-hmm. uh, and hope that I stayed here, which obviously did for his duration. Mm-hmm. What was the changing room like at that time? So he brought Brian Robson in. Yeah, you got a new manager coming in. There's a mm-hmm. big change around the players, as I say. Two lads I'd grown up with, Sammy and Jimmy, yeah. left. Remy Moses came. Uh, Robbo came, Frank came just prior to them in the summertime, I think July. So, yeah, a big change around the players, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you realise that at the time how good Robbo was? Obviously, played against them uh, at West Brom. Yeah, yeah we knew he was a, we knew he was a good You don't realise, like, mm. until you play with somebody, you don't realise how good they are until yeah. you play with them. Yeah. No, we played against West Brom a couple of few times, good teams they had as well. Mm-hmm. But no, but you could tell Brian was always going to. He, he was like an all-round midfield player. Yeah. That's why he, could, he ended up playing a few games at the back. You could stick him anywhere. anywhere. He'd be fine, yeah. What players, because obviously there's certain players get the plaudits, but what players do you feel like that you played with that never got the plaudits they maybe deserved? Well, every team's made up of 
different characters and different people with different things that they bring to the team. Yeah. Maisie just touched on Robbo. Robbo could do everything, could score goals, could defend, could kick people, could do anything. <laughs> could do anything. Um, with Mark Hughes and Norman, Frank up front, players that can score goals, Stevie Coppel had his career cut short and still played 400 games for the club, mm -hmm. probably more, 40 odd games for England. So everybody had their position to play in the team. I would say probably Remy is, was one of the best tackler players I've ever. Mm -hmm. you know, he went and tackled you thought, oh, he's, going, he's not going to win. He's come out with the ball, somebody's lying in a heap and he's got the ball uh, <laughs> and, and kept everything simple, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure the lads that played in midfield alongside them would uh, reinforce what I've just said. Mm -hmm. But uh, we midfield, we had a midfield then like Robbo, Ray Wilkins, different players, but everybody everybody brought something different to them. You yeah. had wide players, but everybody everybody's got a. But I would say probably probably Remy. Yeah, a player that you probably felt was a little bit underrated. I suppose that's what I'm trying to say. Not underrated not by, by the players. players, though. Yeah, yeah. they're not by players. Yeah, kept everything simple, not eye catching. Wasn't mm -hmm. renowned for his goal scoring, but a great cog in the team. Mm -hmm. Helen, I think that's a great question. So I'm going to also ask it to David May. What? Is there someone you, you played Sam. with that, that? Is there someone when you were listening to that that you thought of from when you were a player? I wasn't thinking of anything then, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Truthfully. No. Um, no, I think you've got your superstars in your team, aren't you? Yeah, we had Eric. Um, you know, Bex was a golden boy and Keeney was in there. He was a driving force similar mm -hmm. to Robbo. But no, everyone's just got a certain part to play and... You know, the, the superstars, you know, looking at picture there, Ronaldo, he'd have been a superstar in, in the day. But there's always players that don't get the recognition, but they still do a... Do you know what? Probably probably Dennis. Mm -hmm. mm. You know, what, eight out of ten every game near enough. Mr. Consistency all the time, but just did his job. As, as Arthur just said there, you know, going in for a tackle and he'd get the ball and, you know, Remy's done his job. Dennis was, like, probably the best, one of the best fullbacks ever to grace a Premier League, but didn't get the plaudits of what a Bex would get or a, mm. or a Keeney or a Giggsy mm -hmm. would get. Mm -hmm. But yeah. What, what was it about the FA Cup? I mean, you played in four, mm. you lost one. What, what was it? I mean, you're a lucky lad to play four, four FA Cup finals, but special? Oh, well, you, the FA Cup 40 odd years ago was different from the FA Cup now because yeah. of the sort of advancement of the Champions League and the Premiership as yeah. well, but... Uh, the FA Cup, you could sense the fans. As a, as a kid, would you always watch the FA Cup as well and Scottish no. FA Cup now? I'd, I'd see it, I'd see the goals yeah. or whatever, but uh, no, I've been to a few Scottish Cup finals, but um, I think I think you, you sense that the fans hmm. look forward to an FA Cup game. It gets away from the sort of normality of league matches, yeah. we're playing them, even if it was a small team, we're playing them and then we've got them. And then, and then when you got, once you got to semi-finals, semi-finals was... Oh, no, Here's in the back of my neck standing up. It just so nerve tingling, mm. proper matches. Yeah, they are. And half the crowds, you've got half the support. You know, yeah. you're not like bombarded. We've got ninety percent of the crowd. Mm -hmm. It's half and half. Uh, some of the games against Liverpool, Leeds United. Uh, I was in the stand watching them against uh, United uh, at, at Hillsborough. With two thirds of the crowd, then you know, mm. a big Gordon said he walked out and thought, Christ, it's Man United fans everywhere. You know, Villa Park. You know, it's. Um, you could just sense that the crowd were like, it didn't matter if you weren't playing great or yeah. the team weren't playing great, they'd get right behind you for yeah. 90 minutes to give full pelt to get to a final. You felt, you felt relieved at the end of it that you got them, oh, I've got them, I've got, look at that, 40 or 30, I've got them, I've got them for a weekend out in, 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 in London, London yeah. yeah, and they're all going to be down there for the game. 
That's what that's what that's what sort of my memories are, especially yeah. semi finals. I think cup final day is probably one of the best days you can have in it in the hotel. Obviously the, the build cameras up. there, the yeah. build up to it all. Um go and get fitted for your suits. Did you have a song? We did, yeah. We did. One that you, you sang in We did, yeah. An FA Cup song. Stockport Studios. <laughs> strawberry <laughs> Strawberry Studios at Stockport right. or whatever. Yeah. No. No, yeah, they did they did they, they But not. but I think all that together is is what FA Cups used to be. You see Spurs doing it, Everton doing it, Liverpool doing it. And for you to be part of that, it's, I mean, I very much doubt they'd do cup final songs now, unless it'd be, no, they wouldn't you know, Wickham Wanderers getting through <laughs> to a cup final or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Smaller club, yeah. yeah. But I, I just thought, you know, cup final day is, is the best day. They, bu- they build up to it it's, for three, it's, it's three or four weeks. And as I said, getting back to 1976, because I hadn't been in a cup final for so long, that dis- distracted them from the, the league. Yeah. Should have won the league that year, but they didn't. Uh, as I say, I wasn't in the team, so I can't say they should have won it. But the, the the games that they had, it was there. We could we could we could mm. win this. But um, the cup final was a bit of a distraction. But the three, the two or three weeks leading up to it, then we always used to go down on the Monday. Yeah. In fact, once we had to go and play West Ham away on the on the Monday night, and we're playing the cup final on the Saturday, so we're down in London all week. But the the build up and the, yeah. the, the sort of banter with everybody and right, isn't it? yeah. Arthur, if I can just ask you about international football um, during this time, because when I was researching this and I've just looked again there, is it right that you only have 14 caps? That's right, yeah. Is that not quite astonishing when you think of how many appearances week in, week out for Manchester United that uh, I suppose Steve Bruce hardly has, you know what I mean? It's a bit no, like no, that situation. But what, what you, was it about... I don't want to say why, why you're not... <laughs> I don't want to come no, across it, it, was, it was a Scottish football. I, I, I can't... I can't I can't say I deserve more. It should have been fifty-four or one hundred and four. Yeah, but when you're playing I, I for Manchester United uh, week in week out, you surely. No, I, I would say uh, when I when I played, I didn't play well enough. Didn't play well enough. Um, a, a lot of the lads I come up with spoke about before for the under fifteens, under eighteens, under twenty ones. A lot of lads I played with under twenty ones got in the, the international recognition before I did, and I thought I was just as on a par with him to be playing, but didn't. George Burley, Alan Hansen, Roy Aitken, Tommy Burns, David Cooper, Paul Sturrock, uh, all all got in the sort of Scotland team, uh, but I got in like a year or two later with them. Uh, after them, I played with, obviously played with Alan Hansen, played with, played with a lot of them. Big friend with George Burley, and he's a year older than me, but I never played in the, the Scotland setup with him, but played in the under the 18s, under the 21s, and all that. So my answer to that would be, I should, could I have done any better? Possibly, mm-hmm. possibly not. Um, but who knows? You, you get what you, you get. You take what you get, basically. Mm. Did you feel like that was a bit of a disappointment for you? No, I never looked. No, I never looked. At it. it was hard enough to get in the United team and keep your place in that. That's the way I looked at it. And I'm not being disrespectful of this football up there at all. But uh, yeah, but when people say it's hard to keep their place in the United, United team, they might make like 50 appearances. We're talking about like around 400 for you. So it's a little bit different, isn't it? Yeah, well, I know, you, you were I, able to cement your place here. Uh, yeah, but I didn't. I didn't sort of think I, I've, I've got. You know, when international squads got announced, and I wasn't in it. I didn't think, oh dear, no, oh, that's crap. Well, mm. I just you just got on with it. Just you just get on with what it, you're yeah. what you're given, really. I made my debut uh, for Scotland in Northern Ireland mm-hmm. before the last game before they went to the '82 World Cup. So I got into the sort of squad of forty that gets obviously whittled down. That was again. It's like going on trial again. We went to Northern Ireland, played. Uh, midweek game in April, and a lot of players are pulled out. I think Liverpool, a lot of lads are pulled out because they were still in Europe, which is understandable. 
So we're playing at uh, Windsor Park and it's like bone hard like that. I'm not using that as an excuse, but it's windy. It's, you know, it's different. Um, it's coming at the end of the season. Players are, the players that are established and know they're going to be going to the World Cup of thinking, oh, I could do without this game sort of thing, you know. But we drew no score and uh, uh, I didn't play great. And then the squad got announced later on and you're, and you're not there. Oh, but that's, I, 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 mm-hmm. I could accept that because I didn't do enough. That's what I'd look at, the way I look at it. I didn't do enough in that game, but that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. So it, it draws parallels almost to an extent to the, the England right back position now. Like when you list the players that, were, that you, were, you were vying with. And you think, well, Aaron Wan-Bissaka is competing with Kyle Walker and Trent mm. Alexander-Arnold. And only one of those is realistically going to keep playing. And the other one's going to always be sat on the bench. Mm. And they'll both have great club careers, I'm mm. sure. But eventually one of them will go, yeah, I didn't really get that, you know, as many caps as they would have mm. liked or their club career might suggest because there's, there's other players, aren't there, that are doing other things. But you did go to a World Cup. Yeah, uh, that, was, that was 82 Spain uh, went uh, four years later. Yeah, yeah 86. And you mm. played against Uruguay... Yeah. I mean, that must have been incredible, mustn't it? Yeah, it was a highlight. It's, 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 it's got to be. You, you, ultimately, when you when you play football, we're talking about playing school football, youth team football, all this in your career. And getting to the World Cup, you can't get any higher. You can't, you can't get any higher. And you, you only get one chance at it, and that's it. So, unfortunately for us, we got drawn in a group that was uh, a little bit horrendous, really. The worst team in the group, the four seeds, were Denmark, who'd just been to the final of the 84 Euros. Euros, yeah. So that, they were the worst team. Uh, but uh, West Germany, ourselves, Uruguay and Denmark. So it's a tough... <laughs> oh, tough that's a group, isn't it? Tough outing, yeah. <laughs> tough outing and trying to... Oh, when I think and about the it... the heat as well. It's, it's, the it, heat, where, it's where, more, it's more, it's more than 7,000 feet above sea level. It, try, so no try walking up halfway up a mountain and having, we'll have a game of football here. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's that, my throat's going thinking yeah, about yeah. that. <laughs> no, that was. Uh, was it an amazing experience? It was a though? fantastic experience. I felt a little bit. It was in. It was in like a suburb in Mexico City. That the was just the kids looking as if they needed a good meal. They, oh. they didn't. They weren't. They didn't need shoes on the feet and all this. So the World Cup. I think there'd been a, an earthquake there in '85, and they were, they were possibly going to take it away. And, and try and relocate somebody else to have the World Cup, but they were too late. So the World Cup went ahead in Mexico and it just seemed quite an impoverished mm. place where we played. It was well, one of the games, well, the game I played, oh, it was, no, uh, it's, they should have maybe spent a lot of money because there'd been a lot of destruction there the year before with the, with the um, earthquake mm. that you just felt, this, this isn't right really, but, mm. you know, but, oh, no, trying to... Oh, Trying to, trying to run around, frightening. That no, was. Um, we went to New Mexico to pl- to prepare for it, and that was I think three or four thousand feet above sea level. Mm-hmm. And there's and we've got shooting. We're doing some shooting practice, and there's balls whizzing past the keepers. Uh, balls going over the bar. Uh, Sir Alex was uh, in charge of us then. Yeah. He let us go golfing. He let us re- very relaxed, really totally relaxed. Hardly any training. Everybody's golfing. <laughs> out of bounds <laughs> all over the place but it doesn't really hit you until you get there and start running about yeah. uh, and try to run around and that was just no unfortunately for us it was the last game we had to beat Uruguay they had a man sent off in the first minute first minute for kicking Gordon Strachan so we've got 10 men they've got 10 men rather we've got 11 
and he just left out because he'd played two matches consecutively. Graham Sunas, who would have been ideal, really, mm. to have in the middle of the park experience that he's got playing playing in Europe with Liverpool and what have you. And he changed the team around. That's what, one of the reasons I got a game. Four or five lads that had played two games got left out because it, obviously it's, it takes it out, yeah. Mm-hmm. But just, and if we do, if we'd have won the game, we'd have played Argentina with famous Maradona, obviously, but um, it wasn't to be. We drew no score and, and, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy your experience whenever you did represent Scotland? I did, yeah, but I, f- I didn't feel as comfortable as playing here, which right. is, you know, some people some people do it the other way. We're just talking about England's right backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of competition, you've got to play well, otherwise they've got, they've got four lads that can play there. Um, it always felt under pressure. Playing at Hamden was fantastic, 70,000, 80,000. Yeah. Oh, some really good games as well. Beat Spain 3-1. Uh, to qualify out that group, lost at home to Wales in the same qualifying group. Now to play up there with seventy, eighty thousand, and, and you'd, I'd been at games there with a hundred thousand people there. Now and you, you don't realise what people go through to support the team, pouring the rain, sleet mm-hmm. and snow coming. You've got eighty thousand mm-hmm. there, sort of all cheering to get. You know what? You get a result. So to get back to your answer, yeah, I enjoyed playing at Hamden. I really, really mm-hmm. enjoyed playing at Hamden, and thankfully we didn't have too many bad results. Just mm-hmm. that one against Wales, where. Sparky, unfortunately, playing against us, beat us 1-0. Mm. You talk about the gaffer, or Sir Alex being your Scottish manager then, that year then he comes to Old Trafford mm. to become the manager. What was that like? Uh, well, obviously, we started the season off absolute terrible. Yeah. Um, we were in the bottom four by the time the, the first week in November came round. For a, a club of this stature and the players, the squad that we had, it's just uh, not good enough. Simple as that. And I think even Ron would have known that, you know, there's, there's, there's sort of murmurings about a new manager and what have yeah. you. So that, that was all sort of well documented. But um, we shouldn't be fourth in the fourth bottom of the of the league and you're getting to the first week of November. Mm. What was it, do you think, then? What was it, what's the difference between Big Ron being the manager and uh, Sir Alex being the manager? Obviously, it's more of a discipline and... So-called got rid of the the, the drinkers. Prob- bit of a clear uh, out. Just yeah, you know, big, big Ron. You knew where you stood with Ron. He, he was just a discipline. They maybe let people have a little bit too much leeway. But Sir Alex is coming in and thinking, right, this isn't right. Hmm. This team should be. This squad should be higher up. Yeah, something's not right. Obviously, all the rumours about this, that, and other. But that was every 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 team in England was probably the same. Mm-hmm. But you had to come down here and and come down. Sort of and make an impact immediately to get us up the table. First thing, I think yeah. they ended up ninth or tenth at the end of the season. So that was first thing achieved, and then he had to build on from there. He had the job to do, um, mm. and and a lot of lads like myself that were getting to sort of net twenty nine, thirty. He's got he's got to move players in and out. That's part of the game, really. Were you looking forward to his arrival? I Knowing was, yeah. That obviously, yeah. I'd, you knew ob- him. He obviously, was he'd been been with the Scotland squad, been assistant yeah. manager to Jockstein. Took over, unfortunately, when Jockstein uh, uh, passed away during the game when we played Wales. So we still had to qualify for that World Cup. So obviously, Sir Alex took over. This uh, is just before he came to United by nine months. So he'd, so it's been a bit of a sort of up and down season for him, really. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of pressure on him. He's took over the Scotland squad. And then the next thing, he's manager at United. But yeah, I look forward to it because I'd worked with them and obviously you get asked questions from everybody here in the dressing room. What's he like? This, that and the other. Big go- uh, little Gordon claimed the Fifth Amendment, never opened his mouth. So I thought, 
I think I've probably got to take a leaf out of that book <laughs> as well. <laughs> but I, I, got, I got in great with them, mm-hmm. Scotland, yeah. And when he took over, just getting back to what I mentioned before about trying to, trying to tr- uh, not trade and play games, that's what I'd done when I came back for the World Cup. Had to go and have a, a hernia operation. Didn't know what it was, thought it was a, a muscle problem. Never had any problems with my muscles at all. Thought it was like a groin strain. St- didn't train all week. Played under the, the f- start of that season under on. I'm not making excuses, but pl- just played and trained, and you can't do that. No, and not trained rather. You can't. You, you just can't do it. So he came in, in the first week in November. I played that first game at Oxford, and he says, "I, I don't even think you're walking right. Never mind running," uh, which was difficult. I could run in straight lines all day long. I couldn't twist and turn. Mm. So uh, I had to go and have an operation in December. Uh, and then never got fit enough to play till about March time. Played about six or seven games. Thought I was doing well enough and getting back, my, you know, doing okay. Uh, but obviously he's looking to the future and he's got other players. And uh, I played another year, not playing all the time, playing the odd game. But I knew, I knew it was after being here so long, you don't want to um, just be the guy that's going to get the results. Mm-hmm. Kind of, it's difficult enough doing yeah. that when you're injured. But um, so I moved on then. When Sir Alex arrived, how did he introduce himself? Did he like do a like a like address the changing room, or did you have individual uh, sort of sit down conversations with him? No, it was in he it was in the cliff uh, mm-hmm. in the in the, the sort of little bit of the gym there, not the mm-hmm. big the big old gym that was like uh, sort of gravelly on the surface. In the little gym at the dressing rooms at the cliff, he just said um, basically what I've, what I've said really. Yeah, I think we've got a squad enough here that's. Uh, underperforming, mm-hmm. don't understand why you, where you are in the league. We've all got to get the finger out, and mm-hmm. you'll work hard, blah blah blah, and, and um, you know you have got to get on with it. Yeah. Just a slight detour. I've just never heard that story. No, never knew how what happened when he arrived. No, he's, he's not coming. He's not coming sort of like a bull in a china shop. Mm-hmm. He's, he looks at the squad of players. There's about twelve of us have been at the World Cup that summer, and unfortunately for him, a few of us had to come have operations. Mm-hmm. Rob was done his shoulder yeah. and all that, and I think Jesper uh, Gordon had something wrong with him. So there was a few players that had been at the World Cup come back with injuries. Uh, so a few the team had been changed around. He has to get results, which he got, and then it, it took a year, couple of years before they ended up getting the first bit of silverware here. But, mm-hmm. he, but he had to change it around, and he did. So when it came to that point of thinking you might have to go elsewhere, you were the club's longest serving player and I think the record FA Cup winner because you'd won three at this point which I think is more than anybody in history at that time yeah yeah but it doesn't mean a thing no no I'm just I'm just wondering like um, I, I'd, I'd reached a stage in yeah. my career I was hey everybody there'll be, there's, there's far better players than me that have had to retire through injury or pack in or got moved on there'll be players from the present squad getting moved on. They might not like it, but they'll be getting moved on. Happens to everybody. So uh, it wasn't, wasn't a surprise because I thought I got myself playing to a level that I was playing well enough to stay in the team. And then we'd won four games in a row, I think, the second season. Uh, we won four games in a row and then I wasn't playing. So I thought, well, you know, it's uh, it's, it's not it's not going to happen. So you, you just know your contract is going to be up. And yeah. You got to look at you look. Do you, th- do you think that's what it was, Arthur? You, you had your contract was coming at the end of the season, or had you gone in to see the gaffer, or the gaffer pulled you in and said, "Listen, we've got no, uh, behind us now." And I'd, I'd, the first season he took over, I had the operation, played a few games. The next season, uh, not in the team, got a few games when people got injured, and we had a run of four 
four wins in a row. I yeah. thought I was doing all right. Yeah. I'd be the first to say, no, you're playing crap or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I thought I was doing all right. And he just said, look, I've got to, I've got to pick a team with players that I've got here with, with a view to the future. And I said, that's no, QPR at home, I think we played. Was that difficult for you to... Uh, no, to take or well, just a, a, what as you say, you say I, know I, I was never wanting to go knocking on I would never ever knock on a manager's door and say no. you, I should be in the team I, I just felt as if you're begging and, and, yeah. and, and if you if you don't think I'm good enough in training if you think I'm not fit I'll, I'll accept you not saying this is what happened with Sir Alex no. but if, if, some, if anybody had dropped me or if anybody did drop I, I wouldn't argue with it no. you're making a decision you're the manager you think I'm not good enough Fair no enough, problem yeah. it's up to me and if you think I'm not fit enough no problem, I'll get fitter. Uh, but if I know in my own mind whether I'm doing well enough or good enough. And yeah. I, when I, I think it was QPR at home, when when uh, when I got the kind of award with you, the referee's room at the bottom, yeah. I knew what was coming. Yeah. You know, you're all, uh, there's there. better players than me <laughs> being in that position. Uh, look, uh, I'm leaving you out, uh, blah, 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 blah. I said, no problem. I think you make a mistake, but no problem at all. Yeah. That, and, was and, it difficult leaving then? Or was you... Uh, I mean, but, I mean yeah, yeah, to, to, to be at the club for so long, would would you have liked to have seen your career out at United? Or I had, I had my my contract ran out in that summer '88, and um, I'd spoke to Ron, obviously, who by now went to uh, West Brom, yeah, uh, and and said, "Look, uh, obviously your contract's up, and you're getting a free. Uh, you know, we want to sign you. Mm-hmm. You'll love it here, and try yeah. to sell the club and all that, and all that." Uh, so I knew that was, this was in sort of March time. I knew that yeah. was going to happen. I knew I'd be leaving. So that was it. You've got to get on with it. And I I got my boots off Norman Davis, who we've mentioned before. Tesco's bag in the boot room, <laughs> coming down in the lift. And who's coming up in the lift? Jim Layton, <laughs> who had been a, a sort of player with uh, yeah, the same yeah. side of him with Scotland. And what have you seen? That, that was the same same day he arrived, yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're walking. I'm walking to get my car. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's. But it's not as if I'm going to not be here. No, mm-hmm. I'm going to come on with support. I'm coming, yeah. coming back to watch them. But it took a, it took a while uh, for a couple of seasons. I thought I should still be playing out there. Mm. I should still. I, uh, but but once you get over that, you can come back and enjoy the games. Yeah, yeah. Four. I said 400 earlier, but in total, 485 appearances. There's not very many players who have surpassed that. When you think of now, I just, I don't know whether everybody else would agree, but you would look at players and think it would be difficult for them to make that many appearances for one club these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need, you need a lot, a lot of luck. You know, oh, Maisie suffered injuries, I've suffered. No, you do, you do need to, you've got to, you do need a lot of luck. No, you also need fate, to be Mr. Consistent Fate's too. got to deal with your good hand. Well, that's up to yourself when you're playing. Mm-hmm. But to actually to get in the team, we spoke about before, uh, I felt a bit uncomfortable uh, Getting a, getting a cup winner's medal when somebody had played in all the rounds before and all that. But once you're in the team yourself, uh, somebody else is obviously still trying to get in it mm-hmm. and you've got to make sure that you're... And that was what I looked upon it. You've got to make sure you're fit enough to play. And uh, there's games I used to come off, I swear to God, and I'm... Now, you'll probably rip into Maisie over this, but it's, it's a way I've... <laughs> I've come off games here and got home and thought... I've got. I need to do some training. I don't feel tired. What? Don't feel tired. Could I have done more? Could I? Could I have done? And that might sound stupid. <laughs> and that's you're, when you went for a twenty-five mile bike ride. No. <laughs> no. I I used to go home and think, 
what's up with me? I don't even feel tired. I must have been able to run some more, surely. I would have some games like that when you, you, you know, you, you win the game and it's, it's been, it's too been easy. Yeah. yeah, too too comfortable. But I would never ever think. Yeah, you never think. I'm just going You're still going to think I'm going to have a pizza. I'm going to run, yeah. <laughs> Get the Chinese on the way home and that's me. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, just weird, just weird the way you the way you feel. That, hey, I must stress that was when I was a lot younger. Yeah. <laughs> Are you proud of that record of four hundred and eighty five appearances? Do you ever think about it? I'm proud of every game I played here. You know, every time I selected, you've got to, you've got to take that as a no. I look back now and people say to you, oh, oh, you, I remember that game against Liverpool. I remember that cup final. Yeah. Mm. And I think if somebody gave me a shot and I said, "Would you like a game? Are you fit enough? Are you want a game?" You just think, Christ. I hope somebody's what, there to give the ball. <laughs> what game would you go back to if that was to happen? If someone said, there's a shirt, you can go back and do one, play one game? Well, the games I felt really, really, you felt for the supporters because you knew what they were going through with semi-final matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the carrots there, Wembley, and the players as well, your yeah. teammates. The carrots there, we could be in down in London for th- three weeks from now playing in the cup final, all the razzmatazz, all the build-up that goes with it. Uh, it's great for us doing it. You're getting new suits and all that nonsense, all the hullabaloo that goes with it. But the the, the fans are getting a, a weekend out. Yeah. How do you feel about the uh, the semi-finals being at Wembley now, as they uh, have been for the last well, sort of decade? Well, it takes takes a lot away from it. The yeah. whole the whole the whole thing is getting to the as it was at the time, twin towers. No, the semi-final matches when the crowd's half and half. Mm-hmm. I've already mentioned games against uh, Liverpool, As- uh, Arsenal, at uh, Villa. Uh, for some reason, a lot of the games we were losing and turned into a win, which made it even more special because it showed you all had the the sort of character to galvanise together and get a get a win. Villa Park losing one nil, Robbo scored a great goal one all. Norman gets a volley in two one. They get a call on the last minute to take. Big Gordon catches the ball. The whistle's gone. Boots it in the whole end. Half of the whole ends. Oh, United fans. <laughs> no, I'd, lo- I'd love to. So in an answer around about wait, I'd, I'd love to play in one of these semi-finals mm. again. So you've mentioned it, you've touched on it leaving. Were you emotional when that time finally came or were you excited for a new challenge at West Brom? I wanted to get playing again. Mm-hmm. felt as if I could still play at a, a good level. And then, uh, and, and so, yeah, uh, getting out the lift and Jim Layton's getting in the lift, you know, wish them all the best, obviously. But that, hey, there's more players and better players than me that had to leave before me. Steve Coppola mentioned before, out injured uh, when he was 27, had to pack the game in. Could have played another 200 games. You need a lot of luck. Uh, uh, as I spoke about, you got to not be injured at the right times or wrong times or whatever. So, yeah, TDI, definitely, but, you know, you, It's a great injury, though, isn't it? 16 years. That's life. That's, that's five, nearly 500 appearances. Mm-hmm. A lad I shared digs with. Wow. Only played twice. Yeah. And, and he yeah. was Jimmy Nick. If Jimmy Nick was sat here now, he'd he'd say he, he was the best player on the team. When you mm. were at West Brom, did you come back to Old Trafford for a game? Yeah, my two two boys obviously. Uh, uh, well, they came to watch us playing at West Brom, but mm. any time I could come, I'd come back. No, I mean as a as a West Brom player. As a West Brom player, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. 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 Still did that, but n- not as much. Uh, I was only there one season, then I mm-hmm. moved to Scotland, but um, didn't really have that many opportunities to go and watch them during that season. But the first, when I left, I, f- I found it difficult because I was watching, I hated people making comments in the crowd like uh, somebody's lost the ball. Yeah. You, you just, you know, yeah. I thought, played with these lads. What are you talking about? You, you, know, you feel as if you're going to stand up for some mm-hmm. of the guys, you know, 
Brian might give the ball away, which would have been once in the blue moon. And somebody makes a comment and you feel like you're turning around and you're sort of looking at somebody and you're trying to watch the game and you've got kids with you. But uh, uh, no, the, the once once two or three years went by and then I could come back and watch it as a supporter and enjoy it, yeah. But did you play against United? No. Right, okay. No. And uh, you did it up in uh, Norway, didn't you? I did, I did, yeah. I went to Dundee, Chester City and had two spells in Norway, yeah. What was that like? Fantastic. Really, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it because they were right into their training as well. Yeah. <laughs> I love the, the sort of, and the young lads were so enthusiastic about football. It was just incredible. So, and they, they all thought, they looked at us and wanted to know everything about, or looked at me and wanted to know everything about English football. How do you use lads play three games a week uh, all over Christmas and then you get games squashed in at Easter time mm-hmm. when you're catching up with games. How do how, how you all, all play that? It wasn't sort of Spanish football or German or French football, Italian. It was all, it was all English, English football. But no, I really enjoyed it. They're a fantastic country, lovely people, so humble. Would Ollie have been there? He came a couple of years after. So you you left and then he... he a couple of years later he came. Yeah, okay, yeah, great. Because I was trying to work the years out from when you would have been there to when he I would was have there, been there. Uh, the summer of 92 and the summer of 93. Yeah. And I think all he started uh, there, summer 94, summer 95, because summer 96 he came here. Yeah. yeah. I got a phone call from the club and it was England playing Spain at Wembley and it was a secretary of Mole. And it's England and Spain on the telly, the game where Stuart Pearce scored that goal with a... Might have been the deciding free uh, penalty kick. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I uh, got, got a phone call actually from the uh, secretary at Mulder and saying, uh, we've just had a fax through here from the club. Ken Merritt, I think, would have been the secretary. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a Mr Merritt's name on it. I said, right, it's, well, they're, they're offering us the X amount, whatever. I don't think he said the amount. They, they want to buy one of our players. And at the time, there was a lot of speculation because I kept in touch with people in Norway what was happening over there. There's a tall midfield player uh, who went to Sheffield Wednesday, six foot tall lad, who, who was a very, very good, great midfield player, very silky on the eye. And they said, yeah, we thought we were getting an offer for uh, that lad, Peter Rudy, his name is. We thought we were getting an offer for him, but they've made us an offer here for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, or striker, who we didn't expect that. I think Jimmy Ryan had been over there a few times watching again. I said, well, if it's signed by Ken Merritt, it must be. He says, yeah. you, you don't know Mr Ferguson's phone number, do you? I said, no, I don't. I said, but I think he's he's actually at the game. He's at England, Spain, because he was on the telly. The mm-hmm. So uh, that was that was summer of 96. So Ollie might, might have joined about 95, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lovely, lovely part of the country. Oh, yeah. I was so hoping I was getting, I was getting texts off my, my eldest lad two weeks ago. Mold were playing in a playoff. And if they got through, they went, Ferns Varus were playing from Hungary. And uh, they got knocked out. Otherwise, they'd be in the Champions League. They'd been in it. They were in it a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, um, I, I could tell my eldest lad was like, because he keeps in touch with people that he, mm-hmm. he, he sort of made friends with over there. But it would have been great if, if it would have been a great story if they'd got they'd got into it because only a small club, mm-hmm. fantastic facilities, but only a small club. Are you glad you had that experience? Because not oh. many people, more people are maybe having it now. People in your time maybe had it more in America. But are you mm. glad you had the experience oh, to go and play in another European are, country? You've met loads of Norwegians. They're so humble. The people they can't do enough for you, and they can't do enough for me. Not just because I was playing for the club or whatever. They couldn't. The people over there were so welcome, and they just could not do enough for us. I uh, really enjoyed the two spells there. And the biggest mistake in my life was I could have went back there and, and, and sort of coaching at a club um, a year after that. So big mistake, but 
my kids were starting secondary school and it was all getting a little bit mm-hmm. difficult because I, I was apart from a family for a, for a bit as well at the end of the season. So it, uh, it was difficult. But you look back now, crystal ball, I had a, had a chance to go back over there. But they're lovely. It's great when you go back there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, really nice people. Yeah. Ollie epitomises what Norwegian people are like. Yeah. They're all like him. What was we, it like? We all need to go to Norway. 94. Was there any reason behind it you actually retired? Or did you just think that was it? My legs had gone or... Uh, did you fell out with yeah, the love or did you want to think no, then go no, into, go into no. coaching because you did go into I should have, I should have took that jo- uh, job yeah. in Norway that was a big mistake but that's by the by now but then you my, went to Drawsden didn't you was a, played there just to help a guy out yeah. for six or seven games but, uh, after West Brom went to Dundee had a shocking time up there got a, uh, three broken ribs and a, a punctured lung was out for like th- a few months and it all went pear shaped up there. I moved back down here. Well, we're never going to, we're always going to move back down yeah. here. My wife's Mancunian and my two boys are Mancunian. So I've got, I've got no option in mm. it. So played the, uh, played Dundee, came and played at Chester City for a season, which mm-hmm. a dressing room full of half of Scousers and half Mancunians. Fireworks. Great. <laughs> I'd, I'd have played, well, I did offer to play for nothing when I, just, when yeah. I signed for them. Played for Chester, then went to Norway at the end of the season, came back, played for Chester again. And then went back to Norway, mm-hmm. uh, and then came back and coached at United uh, for a bit part time, and then played a bit of non-league football. Uh, played one game. George Burley was manager at Air United. Played one game. Went on loan there for a month. Uh, four games got cancelled. Played once. Uh, was never never going to be no. anything just to help him out. But yeah, I can't. Uh, I look back. I, I, I look back and. I'd, I'd right give my right arm to play in one of the semi-finals. Was talking about. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd give my right arm to do that again. But uh, when you get towards the end and playing with lower leagues, it's, mm-hmm. it all becomes yeah. yeah, it all becomes a little bit more difficult. When you're starting, you're starting to play against lads half your age and they knock the ball past you, and you think I've got that no problem. You suddenly think, hang on a minute, where's he got? You know. <laughs> At the turn of the millennium, you came here and coached, though, didn't you? You returned to United. I came, uh, and that would have been ninety. Uh, six or something like that, 96. Okay, yeah. With the under 15s and under 14s for, I did that for about eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really enjoyable. You know, that's why it's, it's, it's good. Uh, it coincided with, at the time, maybe just after that, MUTV started covering uh, youth team games and what mm-hmm. have you, and they asked me if I'd like to do it, which is great. But I get a lot of enjoyment watching the games anyway. And they play the odd game at the cliff as well, which obviously brings back a lot mm-hmm. of memories, yeah. So you never thought that your career and coaching could go on and on? Did you want it to go on and on or were you happy enough? I started at, at around that time. I was doing some some radio work, obviously, then doing work for, for MUTV. So it just... Just kind of just petered happened, out a yeah. little bit, yeah. There was a couple of years prior to that, I got the chance to go over to Norway coaching, which I should have taken, but I didn't because, as I explained before, my kids were just getting mm-hmm. a, a, a start in secondary and what have you, so... Mm-hmm. And at uh, the end of the season, because the season's overlapped over there, you had to do sort of a couple of months on your own at the end of the season, September, October. The season didn't finish over there till October, so um, they wanted me to go back in uh, January mm-hmm. for a season that doesn't begin till April. So, Diff- uh, uh, difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Arthur, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for coming and talking to us and being so humble it's been an absolute pleasure coming in (laughs) (laughs) I've I've actually ended up a better player than before I came in (laughs) (laughs) you haven't ended up as good as what you actually were though because you're so humble you made me sound not bad (laughs) you were obviously recommended 
to come on our um, podcast by Alex Stepney. Anybody that you would recommend to us? Well, you've thrown that one right at me. You did mention couple a couple of times. Would that be? Steve, oh, he's quite quiet lad, Stevie. Yeah. Jimmy Nick. Oh, Jimmy Nick. You've got to get Jimmy Nick on. Uh, top of the Good list, stories. actually. <laughs> top, <laughs> top of the list, yeah. There we go. We'll get on it. Arthur, thank you so much. Thank no, you. I really enjoyed Cheers, it. Thanks bro. a lot. Cheers. What do you think of that one then, guys? Really good. And also, so humble to the point that you sort of think, I don't know, like, so, like everybody I think they we speak to is very humble, but, and you don't expect him to wear his medals, but some of the things he says when you talk about his successes in his career and you think, this is, this is what people dream about doing. And it's just... Yeah, 16 years. 16 years at a club, nearly 500 appearances. Mm-hmm. That's not done by very many people, no. that. No, Especially not at Manchester United. Not a chance. Quite Amazing. similar to Jim Ryan. Mm-hmm. Some people refer to him as Jimmy Ryan. In the fact that there's probably so much more stories within Arthur, but he's too humble to tell you them. The story about his medal, and I, like, I know I questioned him at the time, I still find it mad that you would be upset almost to be playing in an FA Cup final. I still find that, like, I understand it. It was a person he liked, and it was almost like, um, you know, you, you get the goalkeeper's union where they're all on each other's side and they're a team. But you'd still think as a professional athlete, even in a team sport, you're there for yourself, aren't you? And, and your successes and your careers. And to think at that age, she was so you're young. You're very selfish. I was just going to say, Sam, very maybe that's selfish, why. Sam. Maybe that's, that's, why, why. <laughs> that's why you're not a team player in this, in this podcast. You're just thinking about yourself. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to understand. <laughs> no, I totally the, understand where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, because I think I the joy of doing this is, is getting to the mentality behind. But when the, it's your teammate. Yeah. When it's your teammate and three weeks earlier, he breaks his leg and you get to play in that position. Yeah. Sometimes you don't feel comfortable with it. And that's no, and, what, I think that's what Arthur's saying. Yeah. Mm. And, and it was, it was really, it was, I don't know, yeah. it was really interesting. And I think that's, I think a lot of people will, I, I would suspect a lot of people will, will think about it the we'll same way I did. Yeah. And you'll think, yeah. but you'd be excited. And he was, he was, mm. he basically seemed disappointed that he played in an FA Cup final. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know extraordinary and football is a squad game and that's why you have a squad because you you know people get injured and you take those opportunities and I don't know I thought it was interesting but really he was he was great wasn't he I think um I think it was really fun brilliant podcast yeah do we um have any uh emails well funny you say that we do <laughs> Liam Craven says hi HMS I've just been watching the 2009 4-3 Derby Day win when Owen scores the last minute winner on the Sky on Sky Sports there was one player on that pitch who I don't think has been mentioned as a request yet G Sung Park is the request that person has not been oh no Patrice I'm sure did yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I also think Darren Fletcher did I might be wrong uh, he said, I'd love to hear his story pre-United and post-United, as we all know about his charity work and the global ambassador role he took up with United. A true cult hero, and in my eyes, one of the most, if not the most underrated player in his time at United. Funny, funny that he brings it up, because we've just been talking about that. Thanks for your email, Liam. I've got one from uh, Nick Bentley. He says, hi guys, love the pod, just listened to the 50th episode. Happy anniversary. Well, that's nice. I you. also listened to it the other day. Yeah? I was laughing my head off. The 50th? Yeah. The best bits? Have you listened to My it? Idea. I listened to it going over to oh, right. Island, Island on Friday and I was just sat there on the plane chuckling to so myself. I, it's so funny. Behind my mask. Even if, even if we do say so ourselves, yeah, it was really funny. Well, Nick also listened uh, and he said that, that he met Maisie at one of his clinics in Brisbane last year and he was so chuffed. What a guy. Clinic? What, what a guy. Clinic? Yeah, he's a good lad. He's a football, football clinic. Is that what it is? 
Yeah. Okay, cool. He doesn't say, he doesn't say. there's a picture of the two of you. That's and you see that? Yeah. It's a lovely picture. Yeah. Uh, Nick goes on to say. <laughs> Looks like a pull weight on that. <laughs> uh, I think you look great. Thanks, Sam. Helen might have different opinions. Yeah, well, she would. Yeah. <laughs> well, for Helen's sake, I'll go back to Nick. He said, some Australian have been a United fan all his life. He's 32 and has been watching early morning games on TV. And he remembers doing that as a kid um, to finally living his dream of going to Old Trafford in 2008, watching Vida power home a header in front of the Stratford end. Then he put in brackets. Wow. Um, said, thanks for bringing us the pod. And the ability to feel like you're sitting next to your idols and chatting is amazing. Paul Skulls has always been my idol and his podcast was brilliant. Um, you three are a great team, but I heard Sam say he has yet to cry. And in a way, that's good because he manages to draw the emotion and the characters um, from every guest to make the pod genuine. That's very kind of you to say, Nick. Thank you. I feel awkward for reading that. Uh, Lou Macari, um <laughs> Not that awkward. What do you mean? <laughs> you heard, didn't you? What? I'm just reading the words. <laughs> oh. I'm not Look, lovely Nick wrote it, not me. I didn't write this and say, oh, well, I'm Sam, you're doing a great job. Um, this has gone off the rails. I'm gonna, I am going to finish Nick's email. He says, Lou Macari, I didn't cry, but he says, I don't cry, but I lost it at that one. Eric Cantona and Alex Stepney were brilliant episodes for the exact reason. Anyway, keep up the great work, guys. And I'd love to hear from Gary Neville or Rio Ferdinand. So would me, Nick. Nick, thank you so much for sending that in. Maisie and Helen have lost the plot completely at this point. Uh, but I appreciate your very kind words. Uh, that's it for another week of the United Podcast. We'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening. Wherever you are in the world, we really appreciate it. You can get in touch with us if you want. We love reading your emails. It's unitedpodcast.manunited.co.uk. Please rate and review the podcast. Um, if you send a, a screenshot of a review to David May's Twitter, he will record himself giving you a personal thank you and send it back to you. Um, so please feel free to do that. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.